So John asks a very, very good question in regard to this idea of repentance. Um, where does repentance fit into this, this whole idea of salvation? Great, great question. Um, now, when we talk about salvation, we are very, very forthright and very adamant about the idea that we are saved, as Paul would say in the Galatians, uh, in, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The idea that we are not cooperating with God in regard to our salvation, but rather instead that salvation is fully by God's grace. It is appropriated by faith. But as Paul would say in Romans chapter 4, uh, when he's talking about Abraham and his, his, his believing God being accounted to him for righteousness, he goes on to speak about the one who uh, does not work but believes in him who justifies shall be justified, right? The idea that it is not through his works, but rather through God who justifies, and he does so for those who simply believe by faith. And he goes on to say, uh, again, quoting David, the idea of, you know, blessed is the one to whom God does not impute sin. But he he, equa- he removes the idea that faith is equated with a work. Believing something is not seen as a work, biblically speaking. And so we are saved, again, fully by God's grace. As a matter of fact, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, Paul sort of puts the uh, exclamation point at the end of the discussion when he says that um, if, in fact, righteousness came through, I, I don't set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the works of the law, then Christ died needlessly. Again, Galatians 2.21. It's as if saying, look, if there was some way we could earn it through our works, then there was no reason for Christ to come. Clearly, the Holy Spirit is telling us through Paul's writings, and not just Paul's writings, we see this uh, in like John chapter 1, to those who believed, he gave the right to become children of God, those who believed on his name. And so the idea that we are saved not by works, but by grace that is received and appropriated by faith, this is how we are saved. Well, then where does repentance come into this? Because the Bible does speak a lot about the idea of repentance. Uh, There's a call to repent and believe the gospel, for example. Jesus in, uh, well, in the early chapters of uh, uh, three of the gospels, well, all four of the gospels, really, we begin to see this recognition of his ministry being based on the idea of calling people uh, to repent and believe the gospel for the kingdom of uh, God is at hand. Uh, like, for example, in Mark one fifteen, and places like this. So we see that um, there is a call to repent. There is <coughs> a discussion of the idea of repentance. I think Paul himself uses the term six times in his own discussions on the subject. Uh, and so what is repentance all about? What does it mean? Let me turn that real quick. Uh, what does it mean? How do we appro- what, apply this idea of repentance? Well, let's start by defining what repentance is. Repentance speaks of changing our minds. It means to be thinking one way, and now to be thinking a different way. Um, the idea that, um, for example, inherent in the idea of belief in Christ, there is an implicit element of repentance, because by putting your trust in Jesus, you are by definition not believing in your own self-righteousness or whatever other religious belief you may have had. You are changing your thinking, this was wrong, this is right. And so you repent, you have changed your mind. Uh, There is discussion of repenting from dead works and those kinds of things. But the idea of repenting is really about the idea of changing your mind. And therefore, works will follow and activities that reflect that change of thinking will follow and that kind of thing. But the idea just speaks of changing your mind. And so, for example, when 
Um, when Paul says, you know, uh, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you believe that God raised him from the dead, Romans 10, 9, uh, there is implicit in that idea some element that he is Lord and nobody else is, right? He has been raised from the dead. You are believing in the miracle of the resurrection. Well, what is his death and resurrection about? Well, this now becomes the idea of understanding not just who he is as God incarnate, but also what he did. He paid for sin. Well, if we understand that he paid for sin, we're acknowledging that that sin was ours and it was wrong and it needed to be dealt with. So there is, there's really no escaping this idea of embracing the gospel, but not understanding that a change has to take place. Uh, we are admitting that we are wrong about something, whether implicitly or explicitly. Repentance is just, it just goes with belief. Uh, now, of course, when it comes to the idea of repentance, for many, this is problematic because the idea has in some cases been pushed to the point where they are left to think that I need to go back and repent of all of my past sins, sort of like naming them almost or enumerating them. Uh, this idea that if there's some sin in my past that I forget to repent for, am I really saved or am I, am I really pleasing God in this kind of thing? This becomes a bondage. Um, you know, on the one hand, uh, I do think there's value as we drive forward to looking in the rearview mirror once in a while, because there is some value in knowing where you've been, uh, if you catch my sort of analogy there. But you don't really move forward by looking behind. You, you crash, right? You wipe out. And so the idea here of looking back once in a while to remember what we once were, remembering our chains, if I could sort of borrow from the, the awesome Stephen Curtis Chapman song, the idea that I remember what I once was, and it causes me then to be grateful for what I now am. And this is the next point, and really the main point I want to bring in, in terms of putting repentance in its proper context. And in regard to like going back and thinking through all of your past sins and those kinds of things. Um, when Jesus saved us from our sin, he didn't just save us from the activities that were sinful and the penalty for those activities. He, salvation actually goes much further than that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul writes that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. This doesn't just speak to fixing the problem of the sins that I committed, but rather it goes to the very heart of the fact that I am fundamentally by nature a sinner, and I need to be changed into something else. David would speak to this, and if you've been following us on Sundays, you've heard us mention this a few times already, but David spoke of how in, in Psalm 51, he mentions how in sin he was conceived in his mother's womb, which doesn't which doesn't speak to the idea of, of, of sin in terms of, you know, marital you know, relations and conception that comes from that. Rather, instead, he was saying that from the very beginning of his very existence, as it just at the point of conception, uh, he was already a sinner. He was at a deficit. He was playing a game that he had no opportunity to win whatsoever. He was already a sinner, virtually uh, just by virtue of being a human being. Uh, and so Jesus didn't just come to sort of just to erase the activities that we were guilty of and the penalty for them, but to actually make us new in Christ. This is why the idea of born again is so central to the, the Christian faith. We are born new in the spirit. We are now new creations in Christ. And so repentance in terms of uh, the gospel, when someone is called to repent and believe the gospel, as Jesus said again in places like Mark chapter one, the idea here is that we recognize that we are in need of saving 
that we believe who he is, and that matters because he could not do what he did if he was not who he was. And so the idea of believing in who he is and also receiving the merits of what he has done has at the heart of it this idea of recognizing our wrongness. Uh, And so for some people, they kind of grow in a deeper understanding of this after they come to put their faith in Christ. But at anyone, literally, who has ever believed has at some point acknowledged that they were one thing, they were unbelieving, and now they're believing. Okay, there is a change of mind and, of course, a a commensurate change of heart as well. Um, So the idea of repentance is not one that should be seen as a scary, bad idea or, or, uh, you know, in any negative way. In fact, uh, you know, Paul says uh, in, in, uh, in chapter 7 of uh, 2 Corinthians, verse 10, he speaks about how godly sorrow leads to repentance unto salvation. The idea of recognizing, uh, as, as he would be putting it, the idea of recognizing our lostness, our sin, and these kinds of things, and the, the desire to be changed in that. Uh, so this is a good thing. As a matter of fact, uh, we're told in Scripture that it's God's goodness that leads us to repentance, right? And so repentance is a good thing. It is something that causes us to recognize and acknowledge our sinfulness. It is something that drives us to the Savior. It is something that even causes us to worship Him uh, greatly. And so repentance, again, if I can just close with this thought in this uh, surprisingly brief post, um, the idea of our repenting is one of acknowledging our need for Him and uh, ultimately lead to our belief in him. And so, um, anyway, great, great question, John, and hopefully that helps to, to, to give some insight to that. So thank you for asking, and, um, and uh, we'll look forward to answering more questions as they come in. I've still got a few I'm trying to get to, along with some other things I'd like to cover. So uh, stay tuned for more of this kind of thing. But Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace that leads us to repentance, recognizing our need for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that he is all-sufficient and we're saved by your grace, ultimately expressed and given and lavished upon us through the shed blood of Christ as he died for our sin, was buried, and rose again. Father, we thank you and we bless you and praise you that it is all by your grace. And for, for our part, Father, we thank you that you do call us and you do convict us. And by the Holy Spirit, you do woo us to yourself, helping us to recognize our need. And so we thank you for all these things, Father. You are truly good and gracious. For those who are in a place of thinking these things through uh, and considering them, we pray that they would recognize, uh, again, their lostness and want to be saved in response to your call and your grace. Thank you, Father. We love you. We praise you for all of these things and your glorious plan of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.